Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we get to sit down with Jake Johnson, or his author's name is J.J. Johnson, and discuss his new book, A King's Return. It's a fantasy fiction book that he has written, and it's a three-part series, and the other parts, um, he'll share about that as we, we get into the interview. But he's part of the Africa House, and I love to celebrate people in the Africa House and uh, Assemblies God World Missionary, and I'm using his creative gifts to share the love of Jesus Christ in a different way. I'm not a creative person. I would never be able to come up with an idea like he did in a storyline and weave the different characters together, and uh, he'll he'll share with that, and we don't want to give too much away. But if you're looking for a Christmas gift or you're looking for something um, different um, to give this year, it's a fascinating book specifically if you like this genre and um, it's creative and it's just was amazing for me to learn from him how he's using his creative gifts how he took this idea that God gave him and he's put it into action and he sit down during this time of COVID and, and written these books and uh, just super excited so I know you're not going to want to miss it as we celebrate Jake Johnson and a king's return well there's no time better than now to get started so here we go Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here again today um, with a new friend and a colleague, but also a new friend. And we're getting to see each other first time face to face via Zoom via uh, over many, many miles. But um, Jacob, it's so great to have you with us on the on the podcast. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and uh, maybe those people that are serving in, in other regions that might not yet know who you are? Awesome. Well, first of all, I want to just say thank you uh, to you, Aaron, for having me on the podcast. Uh, I've been listening to a few of the episodes and seeing the names of some of the people you've got to interview. So I feel pretty uh, humbled to be numbered among some of them. Uh, but like you said, my name is Jacob Johnson. My wife and I are brand new career missionaries uh, going to Botswana, Africa, part of mm -hmm. the new um, campus ministry movement that's happening across the continent. Um, and so we're super excited because uh, we believe that this next generation of students in the Africa campuses and universities are truly the ones that can make um, the biggest impact on the continent with the gospel. I think all of us who are missionaries would agree that it's through partnership, right? I, I've yeah. heard that quite a, quite a bit. I listened to the <laughs> interview with Greg Bates, you know, yeah. about the indigenous church. And yeah. I think that's what excites us the most is that um, through the university campus, you're not only impacting, um, you know, pastors and ministers, but you could be reaching future leaders of the country, doctors, yeah. teachers, lawyers, you name it. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to write this book um, is for myself and to show maybe even some of the students that we'll minister with is that it's not just about ministry, while that is a vital part um, of reaching people with the yeah. gospel, but you don't have to be in ministry um, to reach people with the hope of Jesus Christ. You can use the creativity that God has given you um, and the wisdom that God has given you and be a light wherever you find yourself. That's awesome. Where did you grow up, Jacob? Yeah, so I am from Des Moines, Iowa. My wife, Vanessa, is from Waterloo. Mm -hmm. uh, we met basically through different kind of uh, youth events. So uh -huh. we both grew up within the, the Assemblies of God. So yeah camp was always a staple right of youth yeah, group and for sure so we knew we knew of each other um but it wasn't until i came back from my 
term as a missionary associate uh, that we really got a chance to connect and talk and uh, found out, yeah, maybe maybe this is something that we can see happen. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Hey, where did you serve as a missionary associate at? So in Botswana, the country okay. that we're returning to. Yeah. Um, really, that was kind of, I, I graduated from Evangel University okay. um, in Springfield. And after that, knew for a long time that missions was what I wanted to do, but yeah. I had no clue, you know, what that yeah. looks like, what yeah. it means to live in Africa. So I kind of took that year to kind of dip my toe in the water, if you will, and awesome. experience, uh, you know, what it just looks like to live in a, in a different context. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, we're going to just talk about and jump into your book today, uh, A King's Return. And um, I'll be very honest with you. As I read it, I realized I'm thankful for people in the kingdom like you that have an imagination and uh, creativity because uh, I, I don't have it. And uh, your writing style and the creativity is evident. And um, just wanted to just ask you, what is, if you can give a synopsis, we, I don't want you to give the whole book away because we want people to get the book. Um, so could you just give a synopsis of, of maybe the, the beginning of the book and kind of lead people in just so they could get an idea? Yeah. So uh, A King's Return is a fantasy fiction book uh, akin to, I would say, a little bit like Narnia and Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, if you're a fan of those. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. different, but uh, it's basically built around this premise of this high king named Aloy who is... Uh, gone away for uh, over 30 years and has left his kingdom to various kings uh, to rule over it. And uh, during that extended time period of his absence, people are growing uh, discontent. They're not sure, you know, what has happened to him? Is he dead? Is he yeah. coming back? Yeah. Has he left us? And so uh, King Richard, who has been kind of put in, in his place in charge as a steward king to overlook everyone else, um, and it's not giving it away because it's in, on the back of the book. Uh, it's assassinated. <laughs> um, and so in that assassination, it throws the kingdom into turmoil. And basically, these various places within the book are left to decide who are they going to serve? Are they going to stay loyal um, to Eloy? Or are they going to forge um, their own rule in this kind of power vacuum? And so the book itself follows three distinct characters yeah. from three of the five kingdoms. Uh, Titus being Richard's son, who yeah. is you know thrown into the place of steward king, Amari, who leads uh, a people group much like Africans, because yeah. you know I got to pull from pull right. from that and wanted to have some cultural diversity. So he's um, basically his family was murdered, and he's been wandering in the desert, uh, hoping to recapture his own throne. And then Geralt, who is a bodyguard to one of the kings that is being accused of plotting the assassination. Yeah. So how did you get the, the the creative mind for me writing from three different perspectives? It'd be hard. I've never written a book. It'd be hard for me to write one book from one perspective, but be able to <laughs> intertwine those three different perspectives in there. Where did you get that idea? It's fascinating and um, it's intriguing and it's engaging. And um, and I think as I read the book, you're trying to do I identify with this one. You know, you, the, the, yeah. the perspectives, you try to figure where you identify. Where did you get that idea? And then and how did you weave the, the story in, into one one story, but from those three perspectives? Yeah, I, you know, for me, there there have been a few um, fiction books that I've read that have done yeah. that with certain characters. Um, and that, like you said, it, it was interesting, right? Cause you didn't just get the perspective of one hero, but yeah. there were multiple characters with multiple motivations. Right. Um, and I thought, you know, that's a really fun idea to play with because you're not 
stuck with just giving one perspective, right? Yeah. You're just stuck with uh, building on one character, but uh, it's an exciting opportunity because, you know, if you've ever read a book, if you don't relate to the main character, you're not going to enjoy the book, right? Exactly. You lay it down because you're done. <laughs> and And so I wanted to give a perspective of people who come from all sorts of different backgrounds, right? That uh, if I have African readers, they're likely going to relate more to Amari than they would to Titus. But um, at the same time, they can still be cheering for these other characters um, because they're fighting together. And Geralt uh, is more of a conflicted character. He's not your uh, straight up hero as, you know, some books might portray. And I thought that was a fun um, opportunity to really wrestle with, you know, not everyone feels like the hero of their story, right? Yeah. But there's people who want that struggle and want to do the right thing, but they find uh, life's choices have dealt them a hand that's not yeah. fair. And so I wanted them to have a character that they could relate to in that way as well. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I think the, it's it's fascinating to me. You're, you're a missionary, you're going to Botswana, and you wrote a fantasy fiction book. And um, it, how did you pick this genre and uh, what, what led you down that path? Are you a fan of fantasy fiction? Um, just, I guess that was just another question that came to mind. Yeah. Sorry. My, uh, someone just gave me a phone call. So threw my screen <laughs> off here. I'm going to pull you up real quick. Um, yeah. So I love Lord of the Rings. That's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan in both yeah. his, you know, theological work and uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. And for me, that's always been something that I've enjoyed, like this idea of world building and these characters and these stories that um, aren't necessarily, they're not in the gospel, right? Right. But these deep truths that you can watch and it emotionally moves you because you can see biblical threads or even um, Christology woven inside of them. And so for me, it felt, and you know, I don't want to say this because I'm sure there's other writers between uh, Tolkien and Lewis have, who have written right. great Christian novels and have done these things. But I did feel like there was a little bit of a vacuum yeah. um, for for a story like that, you know, yeah. that um, people could be moved by the story itself, but yet could see the, the Christology inside of it. And so... Um, I can remember the day I was driving in a snowy, wintry day here in Iowa to one of the churches during a generation. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it other than kind of the general framework of the story popped in my head. And as I was just kind of driving quietly because my daughter was sleeping in the back, just thinking and passing time, I was like, you know, I think this would be a a pretty good story. And I I wrestled for a while thinking, man, this is going to be a lot of work. We're itinerating right now. Like, (laughs) I really want to do this. But eventually I I succumbed when I started making a map. I thought, okay, if I'm going to start putting in the effort to drop a map here, I better better start getting serious about this. And the uh, maybe the benefit of COVID, if you will, during this time has given me a little bit more free time to do that. Yeah. And so... What what would challenge you for have for listeners that are listening in? How can you challenge us to use the creative gifts that God has given each one of us? And, and I, I've said um, I probably was on the lower end of the creative gifts when God gave them out. Um, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner by trade. Creativity's probably it's not. But what I found valuable um, in your writings and in your book is is you're using the creative gifts that God has given you to draw 
people into to the Christology, gospel truth, um, in a in a fashion that guys like me, man, I could spend twenty years and never even get you know twenty pages into it. So, can you challenge us to use the creative gifts that God has given us? Yeah, I think um, inside of each and every one of us is a story, right? Because right. God is God; His greater story, His overarching story has invited us to join in that, right? And yeah. I think one of the amazing things is that each of us have been given gifts, you know, and there are people who think on the more creative side and maybe yeah. the more, I hate to just use logical side because there's more to it than that. Um, but I think that's what's so great about the body of Christ, right? Yeah. That we're not all hands, we're not all feet. Right. Um, and that there are people who God has given, um, you know, the ability to create beautiful art that right. no way in a million years could I ever... Uh, like you're saying, I, I look at a painting and I think, where do you even start with that? Right. <laughs> For um, sure. And, and I think that's, what's so fun and cool about who God is and how he's created us is that there are people that we can admire what God has done in their life without having to feel inferior in our yeah. own, because he has given us something that we can bring to the table that other people might not be able to, or, you know, that even in that wider spectrum there are other people that can write a story you know mm -hmm. and if there's anyone who feels like man i may have this passion or this talent but i'm not as good as that person right i'm yeah. not c.s lewis and narnia yeah. or whatever well you know that's not the purpose of why god gave you that talent hmm. that the giftings and the abilities and the story that he's given you yes it may not reach millions of people right but the people it does reach he gave you that gift for that purpose to reach those um, that are in your circle, if you will. And so I think we just have to be faithful to what yeah. God has given us and trust that he's going to use those things for his glory, whether we get glory for it or not. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and Jacob, where did you get the courage to write the book? Um, you know, because honestly, it's it's one thing to write a book and tell your life story because that's your story. But the, the, you, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of creativity to come up with a book like A King's Return because, as I said, there's a lot of interwoven stories in there, three different perspectives It's coming. And it might have been done in the past, but you can't repeat what somebody else wrote. So you still had to come up from these different perspectives and weave that in there. Um, where did you find the courage to write, write a book um, like, like A King's Return? Yeah. I mean, that is the scary part, right? It's easy when it stays on the computer and it's only you that uh, yeah. that knows the story. But when you put it out to the wider world for criticism, uh, yeah. you're afraid of what maybe people will, will think about it or right. they'll pick it or whatever. Right. And so I think for me, it was just knowing that I have to be proud of what I've written. And, yeah. you know, from the feedback that I got from friends and family yeah. that uh, were encouraged by it, you just got to take the risk. And I think the boost for me that, you know, the affirmation that I might've needed from it, I, I put it out on like a, one of our local uh, Facebook market pages, right? Uh -huh. I said, Hey, here's the Amazon link of you, yeah. you know, not really expecting anything, but just trying to get it in front of people wherever right. I could. Some random guy messaged me on my author page and just said, Hey, I took a chance. I bought this book because uh, I thought it looked cool on the marketplace. And I read it in two days, loved it. When's the sequel coming out? Could I get my book signed? And I had no clue who this guy was, right? I've never <laughs> met him in my life. And so for me, that was, that's like the, the boost that you need, right? Yeah. Because this is a planned trilogy and right. you kind of think, okay, is it worth the time, investment and money 
to keep yeah. making these. Exactly. Um, but it's like small victories and moments like that that make you feel like, oh, wow, okay, this, this really is impacting people. They really do enjoy that story. So that helps. Definitely. For sure. And we'll get to, in a minute, we'll get to the, 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 uh, the trilogy part of it. But as you're, as you're moving to Botswana, how can you use a, a, a book like this or creative story like this to engage people in a conversation about Jesus that may be the, the guy standing on the street corner or a, a, a nurse practitioner like me? It's, I'm not going to be able to reach. How do you plan on using a, a, a tool, a, a story, an instrument like this to share the love of Jesus Christ maybe on the campuses where you're, you're going to be working? Yeah, you know, this, there was a, a tweet that I saw on Twitter the other day, and normally Twitter is pretty toxic, but uh, this is one of the, the good sides of Twitter. Um, and this young girl who had come from the Middle East uh, shared this story about her and her brother at some point had been adopted and got disconnected and got yeah. put into two totally different situations. And she had grown up in a Christian home and uh, was raised to know the Lord, but her brother had become um, addicted to drugs and suffered abuse and all these things. Um, and she got into a conversation with him and somehow Chronicles of Narnia got brought hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how during those moments as a kid um, that he suffered and really struggled with what was going on in his life, he would turn to the Chronicles of Narnia for a glimmer of just to be able to escape and find hope in the midst sure. of his situation. And uh, in her tweet, she said, I almost fell out of my seat because he's encountered Aslan. Wow. And, you know, that almost brought tears to my eyes because yeah. if that could be said about my book that um, someone somewhere has encountered High King Eloy, you know what I mean? Maybe they haven't discovered who Jesus is yet, but that's yeah. the foot in the door that's needed so that they can discover that the real High King of our story uh, has won the victory, right? Yeah. And so I think just having moments like that where – someone who does not know the Lord reads the book and is deeply impacted by who this person is. It's a, a great segue to say, well, you know what? There is a King of our story too. And he, he's changed everything. Yeah. If um, a listener's listening in, they, they get your book, they read it. And then they think it, this would be phenomenal to share with, um, share with somebody, somebody maybe I'm, I'm reaching out to, or just to, to discuss it. What would be, what would be the primary theme? And like I said, I don't want you to give the book away, but what would be yep. a primary theme that you think, man, this was where I, I would concentrate on and, and to help somebody walk and process through the book? Yeah, I think um, each book is distinct and very much this first book, I would say probably has the, uh, I want to phrase it correctly, but maybe the less obvious mm -hmm. um, Christian themes out of all three of them, okay. uh, they'll build as the story goes. Um, but one of the main focuses that I wanted for a King's Return was about lordship and loyalty. Wow. So who you give your loyalty to, who you allow to be Lord of your life. And, you know, for most people who aren't Christians, they may not even think about what they're giving their loyalty or their quote unquote lordship to, but all of us are serving something, right? All yeah. of us are under the influence of a kingdom. And so the book challenges um, the reader to hopefully look at their own lives and say, where am I placing my loyalty and lordship? And where is that leading me? You know, yeah. what, what path does that, um, does that loyalty take me? Is it taking me to a place that I want to go into a kingdom that I want to be a part of, or do I feel like I'm being dragged along and swept up um, by the currents around me? 
Yeah. And in a day and age, Jacob, where loyalty seems to be, you're right. We all, we are, we are serving something, whether we recognize it or want to admit it or not, but loyalty, how did you, why did you choose to start with loyalty and lordship? Um, for me, the biggest part, and maybe not the biggest part, but a key and vital part about faith that I feel like sometimes is missed, even within our own churches, oftentimes faith is portrayed as just a belief in the right things, which hmm. it, faith is a part of that. But faith is also about your allegiance. Yeah. You know, when they, we speak about placing our faith in Jesus, it's not just believing who yeah. Jesus is, yeah. but it's about saying he is the king of our lives now. And because of that allegiance, something has to be transformed inside of us. And so um, part of that was probably um, wanting to emphasize that faith in, uh, in our trust and our loyalty is more than just what about what we believe. It's a part of that. But how does that um, transform who we are and how we serve? That's good. That's good. This is a question, Jacob. What did you learn about yourself as you wrote this book? And um, was there a certain lessons that you learned? And uh, do you identify more with one of the three perspectives than, 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 than the other two? Or is there, is there one of them more you or, or not? Or that's kind of two questions in one. But one, what lessons, what was the main lesson you learned in this process? And then the second thing is, do you identify with one of the, the perspectives more than, than the others? Yeah, I think for me, um, it was probably the accomplishment of actually doing it, right? Yeah. That, when I first set out to like, just even having the idea, I thought, I seriously thought to myself, man, this is going to be so much work. Cause I knew it wasn't going to be one book. I knew it was going to be three. Right. And I thought, you know, we just had a daughter. She's just turned one, uh, like, like last week. Yeah. So, you know, at the time she was <laughs> a tiny baby. Right. Um, not a, not a whole lot of sleep. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we were traveling all the time every weekend. You know, I don't want to portray itineration as like a super busy time, but right. you know, there are, it, you know, there's a lot of phone calls, a lot of, sure. a lot of other things that are pulling your attention. For sure. um, but I just felt like, you know, this is a story that I want to tell, you know? And yeah. I think for me, the difference between, you know, pursuing your dreams and not is just the decision to do it. You know, the decision to say, I'm going to do this. Um, and so I think coming here at the end, actually last night, I just wrapped up the final chapter, first draft, but final chapter book three. So it's wow. like, uh, it Man, feels like, a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. so it feels like the, the culmination of the journey has, has happened now. And so it, it's fun being on the other side saying, wow, I actually did this, you know, yeah, good deal. Um, I was able to, uh, set out and do this long journey and, um, as for character that I relate to, I would say probably Titus. Yeah. Um, I think uh, just in my own life, the the wrestling of I know what I want to do. I know I want to serve the right king, but yeah. sometimes there's decisions and things that, that happen to you that uh, make you question how, what does that look like in practice? How do I serve him faithfully um, when it feels like I've not been given any good choices, That's you know? Good. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's probably the character I relate to the most, although there's aspects in all three of them that 
yeah. you know, you put yourself in. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. And you spend a lot of time writing it. So the trilogy, let's move. If we just go there just for a few minutes. You, yeah. So you said you just finished up the, the third book. Do you have a plan on releasing the, the, the trilogy? And, um, and does each, each book focus on a different thing? Yeah. A different so, aspect. Yeah. So I would, without uh, giving too much away, That's there right. is definitely yeah. going to be um, more characters that are explored throughout the series so it won't just be Titus Geralt and Amari throughout the throughout the entirety of the trilogy right um so that's fun to add yeah, more characters sure. but it also makes it uh way more complicated because <laughs> like you're saying there's more stories there's more <laughs> interconnections that need to happen yeah. um and yeah so my hope is I don't want to make any promises and let you know the 300 people that have bought it down know. <laughs> but uh my hope is to have book two sometime next spring, okay. ready to go and uh, on Amazon and wherever books can be bought. Yeah. Um, and then the third book, just depending, maybe next fall um, yeah. or uh, winter time. Good deal. Good deal. And um, and as you said, so as you mentioned, the different characters and in intertwining the, the stories, it, it, to me, it would be, I'm not a writer like you, but it would become more complex because that's the fascinating part of the, at least, you know, I've read The King's Return. You do weave those stories in to get very well together. Um, and the complexity to me, if you put more of it, just grow. Was that challenging? Yes, uh, especially even <laughs> last night wrapping up the final chapter you know you want to give readers satisfaction with all these different characters that you know you're going to meet throughout the story right and I found myself oh no I forgot to mention so and so here at the end so I gotta you know quick throw in a little blurb about them or whatever Uh, minor characters even but um, you want to be able to you know keep all those people in front of you I remember specifically writing in chapter two or sorry book two um, having a character um, go to a specific destination, right? With mm-hmm. one of, the, I believe it was Amari at the time. And then when I got to that chapter later on, didn't even mention them, right? Like totally <laughs> dropped off the map. So I had to go back and, you know, how do they fit in this story? And yeah. so, yeah, there's, there's definitely moments uh, where I've had to re-edit and uh, make sure that I didn't leave any loose ends hanging. Yeah, I got two more, two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, one would be, what word of encouragement do you have out there for somebody listening in that they have a story, um, a story or a book to write or something that God has put in their heart and they haven't had the, uh, the, the tenacity, perseverance, whatever it is to go out? What word of encouragement could you offer to them? Yeah, I would just say just start, right? Because that's the foot in the door that um, it will only remain an idea as long as it's just in your head. Mm. Um, but if you begin to put pen to paper or brush stroke to canvas or whatever it is, um, you know, I didn't have a hundred percent of the details of the book figured out when I first started writing it, the story grew as I grew, uh, writing it. And so I think if we're, if you're stuck with wanting to have all the pieces put together, uh, before you even begin, um, it's never going to happen, right? That the story kind of takes its own journey in a, a weird sense of the way and, I'm sure when it comes to art, the same thing. I'm sure an artist doesn't see every detail of the painting, but they have the the outline, the sketch. So yeah. my biggest advice would just be, be to start. Start yeah. somewhere, whether it's drawing a map or whatever it is that you need to do. But 
I think once you get the gears turning and you start actually making whatever you're making, yeah. uh, it really is the motivation to continue. And did you have people around you, Jacob, that it supported you in this process? Um, I mean, obviously my wife uh, with our baby girl taking care of her and allowing me to have, you know, the countless hours that it took to write this. I I can't uh, help but give her a shout out. A local uh, pastor's wife actually helped in the editing process, which made it a lot more affordable for me. I had a good friend, um, Brandon Parta Cooper, who really mentored me and the the um, publishing side of it because that's a whole nother beast right you can yeah. write a book but that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother complication I had no clue about and so he really helped me get um, my footing and helped me decide what route I wanted to go for that yeah so so it's valuable to have a good team around you and um, people yes. to support you in the process so good deal so last question as you look to the future, you look forward, you know, we normally end the podcast with challenges and we've shared, you've shared about that, the challenges of overcoming writing this book. As you look to the future, um, what's something you're excited about? Yeah, honestly, it goes beyond the book for me. Um, this has been a dream to serve in Africa for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the book may play a small part in that. Um, but I think just as a as a human being, as a person yeah. who wants to serve God, um, COVID has ruined a lot of plans. I know, especially probably for a lot of our listeners yeah. um, who are just waiting in the States or maybe in lockdown in their own country and can't really do much. Um, you know, I think we are just so excited what God's going to do um, through this, out yeah. of this um, and the patience, hopefully he's built in a lot of us as we yeah. wait. Um, but also in the opportunity to, I think, I mean, you look at your, if you got Apple Music, right? Yeah. How many artists are churning out brand new music because they've been just sitting in their rooms yeah. for the last, you know, seven, eight months. And right. I think uh, the same thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to the creativity um, and the knowledge and the books and the, so many other things that can come out of this time period that can be used to advance God's kingdom when things start opening up again. Good deal. Do you have a projected date to head to Botswana? So... We are actually going to a country called Mozambique for about okay. a year to do campus training with yeah. uh, Matt and Andrea Marlin. I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with them. For sure. Um, and so we have, it's been kind of a weird visa process, but yeah. uh, we started it, found out there's a document in Mozambique that we need that they're not giving out yet. You know, yeah. the typical applying for visa woes. Um, but yeah. our hope is anywhere, the window's kind of November to very early January. That's oh, kind of wow. what we're saying. Good deal. Yep. Good deal. Well, Jacob, I appreciate you hanging out with me today on the podcast, and um, it's been valuable. I appreciate your book. You shared a little bit, but people can buy your book. if they. I'll put it in the show notes, but you just want to sh- share where they can find your book. Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. If you look up a King's Return, uh, three words, A, King's Return. Yeah. Um, and J.J. Johnson is my author name. You know, I went a little fancy with that. So either one of those should probably work. Um, and you can also go on my website. It's called Kingdoms of Islandia. Islandia spelled I-S-L-A-N-D-I-A. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get it on there. And I'll sign a copy if you go on the website because I actually get those books and mail it to you. So those are the two main ways. Um, but you can get it on barnesandnoble.com and basically anywhere books are sold as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jacob, we end the podcast in the time of prayer. And um, I would just like to ask you to pray for the audience in, in whatever direction you'd like to take the prayer. 
but maybe if, if I could ask, just pray that God will use um, your story and um, the book you've written and also the challenge for for all of us to use the creative gifts that God has given us um, for his for his glory and for his kingdom. For sure. Thanks, Aaron. God, I just ask right now um, for all those who are listening, Lord, that that each and every one of them would realize that there is a story that you have given them that can impact lives in this world. Lord, that their, their story matters, the creativity and the knowledge and the wisdom you've given matters. And God, in your hands, it can be a tool to build for and with your kingdom. God, I thank you that you have given us this creativity. You have given us this opportunity to use the things that you have blessed us with to bless other people. Lord, uh, I pray over this book and the story that you've encouraged me and inspired me to write. I pray, God, that uh, for those who read it, they would be challenged um, to look at the loyalty and the leadership um, that has been placed in their life. Where are they placing it? And God, I pray that it would be used as a tool to bring glory to your name. And God, I pray for all our missionaries in Africa and abroad um, and to the far ends of this earth. God, I pray that each and every one of them in this time be encouraged and Lord, help them to discover the creative methods that they can use to bring glory to your name wherever they find themselves. And Lord, it's all for your glory, your kingship, and your honor that we do all these things. We love you, Jesus.